What's up everybody, welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Jonas. Today we're going to be looking at uh, uh, NXT UK, the uh, two hour show from this past Wednesday the 28th of November. We're also going to be looking at uh, the most recent episode of NXT, this week not from Full Sail, uh, but also from uh, Wednesday the 28th on the WWE Network. Um, a lot of newsworthy stuff to talk about, we'll touch on one or two of those things at the end of the, uh, towards the end of the episode. But let's go straight into it. NXT UK from this past Wednesday, the 28th of November. Another two-hour episode. Um, I think they're planning to catch up with themselves um, until they get to um, NXT TakeOver Blackpool, which I'll talk more about later. But of course, remember, they started taping the NXT UK shows back in July. I think they did uh, July in Cambridge, August in Birmingham. Uh, September in Plymouth. Um, I think they've recently done some in, uh, let me think, uh, Liverpool. I could be missing out one slot there. Um, but I think they were hoping to get a TV deal or maybe start showing them on the network much sooner than they did. Uh, that didn't happen, so hence why you're getting two hours of NXT UK every single week. I'm sure when they finally caught up with all the storylines um, ahead of the Blackpool Takeover show, um, in uh, January, then it will probably be going to uh, back to hourly slots, which I think is probably better uh, for this type of show, to be honest with you. Um, the action is always great. The storyline is always good. Really getting into the characters now. It's a really fun, enjoyable show. Um, but once you've seen the first hour, the second hour, yeah, it's got some good action, um, but can be a little bit of a drag. Uh, not quite as bad as the three-hour Monday Night Raw. Um, but uh, yes, uh, there we go. So this week's episode starts with a shot of the crowd as we look ahead to a couple of big matches in the next two hours. We're to finally the NXT UK Women's Title Tournament, still to come a little later on. I think that's going to be in the second hour of the show. We'll review that when we get to it. However, the main event of this first hour is going to be an epic battle between WWE UK Champion Pete Dunne versus Jordan Devlin for the UK Championship. First up, though, we see Zaya Brookside and Millie McKenzie versus Charlie Morgan and Killer Kelly. Now, some of you might be uh, familiar with uh, Charlie Morgan, Killer Kelly, um, from uh, the Royal Albert Hall shows that they did in June. I'm pretty sure that Charlie Morgan, Killer Kelly was there. Uh, Killer Kelly was there. Um, Zaya Brookside, we first noticed um, in the first round of the May Young Classic when she went out in the first round to Io Shirai. Millie McKenzie, we've seen, seen quite a bit from, certainly, um, in NXT UK. So, we see the return of Zia Brookside, uh, who we first saw in the first round of the NXT Women's Championship title tournament last week, where she was knocked out by um, Rhea Ripley. Uh, Millie McKenzie will be her tag team partner for tonight, and uh, Millie is someone I've spoken a lot about uh, on this podcast, having reviewed her matches in progress, and NXT UK... Uh, recently um, I'm a big fan uh, of this very accomplished wrestler from Coventry um, and uh, uh, yes just remember she is only 18 years old and she's already signed a deal with the WWF to uh, be part of the NXT UK brand Uh, their opponents are Charlie Morgan and Kelly Kelly, and some of you may remember seeing both of these NXT UK stars at the Royal Albert Hall, as I just mentioned, in June. And more recently, we've seen Killer Kelly in the May Young Classic. Um, 
and of course the uh, NXT TV shows over recent weeks. Morgan showing a lot of agility in the early going uh, to counter um, a hold of Brooks, Brookside before Mackenzie gets tagged in uh, to clamp on a version of the Fujiwara armbar onto Kelly Kelly. Kelly is able to counter an attempted suplex attempt from Mackenzie before laying in the stomps and punches before making a quick comeback, hitting a strong German suplex on Kelly, allowing her to make the tag to desire Brookside. Uh, once Brookside is in, she's able to hit a, a quick face buster, followed by a chin buster and a head scissors and double knees in the corner. Uh, the end came when uh, Zaya Brookside was about to go to the top turnbuckle, only to be distracted by Killer Kelly on the outside, allowing Morgan to drive uh, Zia into the ring post. But as the ref was tending to Killer Kelly on the outside, uh, Millie McKenzie snuck into the ring to hit a spear on Morgan while the referee's back was turned, uh, before Zaya Brookside was able to regain her composure and cradle Charlie Morgan for the 1-2-3 and the win for her team. So some slightly underhanded tactics there by the uh, babyface team, but it all worked in the end. So a fast-paced and exciting match that went just over four minutes and a good win for the babyface duo of Millie McKenzie and Zy Brookside. Next, we see the WWE UK champion Pete Dunne getting ready for his match tonight. However, we'll be seeing Eddie Dennis versus Ashton Smith in a match that has been building for a few weeks now with uh, various backstage interviews and promos between the two. Uh, now this should be, uh, I believe, the, the toughest opponent, toughest bit of competition for Eddie Dennis since he arrived in NXT UK. So we go to the match. Eddie Dennis is met with boos as he enters the ring with a menacing and dangerous look on his face. Smith is able to knock Dennis to the outside after a drop kick and a leg lariat before going for a dive which the rangy Welshman is fully prepared for as he catches Smith in midair before slamming him onto the edge of the ring apron, demonstrating his great strength in the process. So really um, painful looking move there onto Smith. Uh, Dennis nails Smith uh, with a forearm and a powerful Irish whip into the opposite corner before nailing with a nailing him with a judo throw for only a one count. Uh, the match has settled down to a slow pace, which is right up Eddie Dennis's street. Uh, but Smith is able to make a comeback with a springboard drop kick, taking Dennis to the outside before hitting a running plancher over the top rope. This time executing it perfectly. Uh, once back in the ring, Smith is able to hit a stunning top rope leg lariat onto Dennis for a very close near fall. Smith hits a drop kick on Dennis, who is sitting on the top rope at the time, uh, but Dennis isn't phased by this offence as he recovers to hit his razor's edge-like uh, buckle bomb into the corner before finishing Smith off with his next stop driver for the win. And another impressive victory for the pride of Wales, Eddie Dennis. Dennis remains undefeated on the NXT UK brand, although this was his toughest encounter so far. As mentioned on, prev uh, on a previous episode, I, I do rate Eddie Dennis an awful lot and could easily see him as a contender to the UK Championship at some point in the near future. The next question is, who will be uh, next in store for the pride of Wales? I'm sure it will be a much bigger opponent. Uh, it could be, could be um, in the future for Mr. Dennis. We then see footage from last week's episode where Joseph Connors attacked um, his then tag team partner Saxton Huxley after their pinfall loss to Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. 
that's leading us to our next match of the night. Saxton Huxley versus Joseph Connors. So in my opinion, Joseph Connors um, has a good look and is a great wrestler. However, I feel that there needs to be a bit more character development to build Connors into a, a more talked about heel that could be taken seriously in the future. There's plenty of stiff punches from Huxley in the early going, but Connors regains control with an almighty clothesline and stomps of his own to slow the pace down, uh, more to suit his style. Connors dominates Huxley in the corner with some stiff elbows. Huxley makes a comeback with some strong clothesline, uh, with a strong clothesline, but gets caught on the top rope, allowing Connors to hit a belly-to-back suplex, followed by a sit-out spinebuster for a strong, strong two counts. The end of the match comes when Joseph Connors hits his patented final statement face buster finisher for the pinfall victory and another convincing win. This is the most notable match of Joseph Connors um, since he uh, entered NXT UK uh, with a bright future in store <coughs> for the man from Nottingham. We then get a video package highlighting Tony Storm and her career so far in NXT UK as she gets ready for her match against Rhea Ripley in the final of the NXT UK Women's Championship Tournament. I enjoyed this video package and felt that it did what it needed to do to help hype up the final of the tournament, but also to show a little bit more character from Tony Storm, which may uh, have come across, um, she may have come across as a bit one-dimensional, certainly in my opinion, in the past. We need to see more of these types of videos to allow Storm to show her character and personality. Uh, she has to look. Uh, we know that she can wrestle. This could help to complete the final piece of the puzzle. We then briefly see Jordan Devlin getting ready for his match uh, against uh, UK champion Pete Dunne in his quest to rename the brand NXT Ireland featuring the United Kingdom. Um, this will take place next. We then see another video package featuring Rhea Ripley, who will face Tony Storm in the final of the NXT UK Championship Tournament. Now, in my opinion, Ripley has definitely demonstrated her character and personality in recent months, especially with her newly found aggression in the Mae Young Classic this year. Uh, but Rhea has also shown her tough, hard-hitting wrestling style uh, as well this year, and is fast becoming a total package in my opinion. Uh, and will be some tough competition for Tony Storm later on tonight. We then go to the main event of the first hour of tonight's NXT UK. Pete Dunne, the WWE United Kingdom Champion versus Jordan Devlin. Uh, Devlin is the clear heel here as he enters to loud boos from the audience uh, here in Birmingham. And I just want to apologise if you can hear my dogs in the background, uh, Luna and Teddy. You may have heard them in previous podcasts, to be honest with you. They are yappers, so I do apologise if you can hear them in the background. Uh, Dunn enters to a crazy pop from his hometown fans here in Birmingham, Birmingham and looks every bit a champion as he walks down the aisle to face the very impressive Jordan Devlin, who is having the best 12 months of his career. Uh, you may remember that Dunn last defended his championship a few weeks ago against Martin Stone. Um, and that was uh, the best NXT match so far. Sorry, Danny Birch, not Martin Stone. Um, this could very easily top that match and wouldn't surprise me if it did. The match really gets going after two minutes when Devlin cracks Dunn with a brutal forearm sending Pete Dunn to the canvas. Uh, Devlin follows up with some hard punches, rocking the champion in the early stages of this match. 
Dunny's able to come back with a huge clothesline uh, before applying some joint manip manipulation on Devlin's arm and fingers before laying in some boots. Devlin hits a backstabber in the corner before hitting a slam and a standing moonsault, but only for a one count. Pete Dunn strikes back with some offense of his own, including an X-Plex into an armbar. And this is on the five minute mark, uh, which Devlin is able to counter into a roll up for a two count. Devlin hits a face wash boots, nailing Dunn in the corner before hitting a stunning arm drag suplex uh, um, for another two count. And we've seen Devlin um, perform this move before. I don't know if there's a name for it. I'm sure there is. I need to do a bit more research on this this move in particular because it is pretty outstanding. But basically, he's got his opponent by the hand, pulls uh, his opponent into him, and then without hesitation, without flinching, uh, no wasted time, pulls him into the most awesome kind of like back suplex. Um, so a really good combo there. However, um, from this point, Dunn does regain control with some brutal stomps on Devlin's fingers. However, uh, this was short-lived as Devlin hits a brilliant Spanish fly on Dunn, which is turned into a Koji clutch by the UK champion. So lots of backwards and forth, uh, back and forth action here. The match goes to the outside where Devlin hits the move of the night so far with a wicked Spanish fly from the ring steps to the outside with both men landing heavily on the hard floor and appearing to injure Pete Dunn's back in the process. Both men, both men make it into the ring just before the 10 count as the fans get to their feet in appreciation. Devlin hits an inverted Hurricane Rana from out of nowhere for another near fall. As the fans chant, this is awesome, and yes, it is. Dunn hits a bitter end after nailing Devlin in midair from an attempted moonsault. Um, but Dunn is in pain with uh, his injured back from the earlier Spanish fly on the outside. And he's unable to cover as Devlin rolls out of the UK Championship, UK Champions reach. The match continues as both men climb to the top rope. However, Devlin is able to hit, um, I think it's the third Spanish fly of the match from the top turnbuckle to the canvas, but only for another two counts. Uh, the fans are really getting into this match um, and eating up um, every bit of action. Uh, the match ends when Devlin has done on the mat and takes the ma hit Pete Dunn's mouth guard out of his own mouth before hitting him with a super kick to the head. Devlin scales the top rope to attempt a moonsault, only to be caught on the landing by Dunn um, into like a triangle submission hold uh, with everyone on their feet at this point. Devlin uh, nearly gets to the bottom rope, but Pete Dunn rolls Devlin towards the centre of the ring, snaps his fingers sideways before turning Devlin's um, arm over, causing Mr. Devlin to tap out, um, not being able to take any more punishment from the joint manipulation. This was an awesome match between two of the best wrestlers in the world at the moment. The match went almost 15 minutes and the crowd ate up every moment. I'd easily give this uh, match a four star. And uh, it, it, it had a, a unique finish to the match with Pete Dunne not winning by one of his usual finishing moves, um, which is something I always like to see when a match ends with something different um, to a wrestler's standard finisher uh, that we've seen time and time again. Hour two starts with a hype for the final of the NXT UK Women's Championship Tournament between Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. That should be an awesome matchup. However... 
Uh, it looks like we've got a match between Joe Coffey, who is accompanied to the ring by his brother, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang. Um, now, Joe Coffey is meant to be facing Sid Scala. However, uh, we haven't seen anything from uh, Wolfgang and the Coffees since their attack on Mustache Mountain a couple of weeks back. Um, Sid Scala makes his way onto the stage in a business suit to announce that he has not been cleared to compete in the ring tonight. However, he introduced his replacement and the Coffees' new opponent, who will be Tyler Bates. One half of Mustache Mountain, who uh, was involved in a bit of a beatdown both in the ring and backstage a couple of weeks ago on NXT TV. The match starts with huge lefts and rights between both wrestlers as the crowd starts big strong boy chants towards Tyler Bate. Bate nails Coffee with a dive to the outside, followed by an uppercut, flooring Joe Coffee in the process. Joe Coffey's cohorts of Wolfgang and his brother Mark Coffey make their way to the ringside area to distract Bate, allowing uh, Joe Coffey to attack the distracted former UK champion. I just want to explain that although Wolfgang and Mark Coffey uh, came out on the stage when Joe Coffey made his entrance, Joe Coffey told them that he didn't need them and waved them back to the locker room. However, they came back to uh, cause distraction here to uh, Tyler Bate. Coffee launches Bate into the corner with a headbutt to the stomach before getting Bate uh, into a, like a, a butterfly big swing, followed by a butterfly suplex uh, for the cover and a two count. Coffee is able to dominate the smaller Bate with his strength and power. Uh, the story of the match is that Bate has an injured back from the attack on the outside earlier. Uh, Bate is able to hit standing shooting star splash, um, but unable to capitalise. Mark Coffey gets up onto the ring apron to distract Bate, once again allowing Joe Coffey to hit a power slam for another two count. Then Trent Seven, Tyler Bates' uh, moustache mountain tag team partner, comes out to the locker room to help uh, even things up. Coffey attempts a top rope diving crossbody block, but Bate moves out of the way uh, with Coffey hitting nothing but canvas. Bate finally gets Coffey up for a, an airplane spin, um, a wheel kick, uh, was followed um, before Tyler Bate goes for his patented finish of the Tyler Driver 97, only for Mark Coffey and Wolfgang to get involved for the DQ finish as they beat down Bate and Trent Seven in the ring. That was until the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne's music started, and we see Pete Dunne sprinting down to the ring to save the day for his friends and British Strong Styles stablemates. This looks to be the start of a bit of rivalry between these two groups. Uh, and more from them to come, I'm sure. Next, we get to a match between Liguero and Dan Maloney. This match went about six minutes. Uh, Liguero hit the sliced bread on Maloney, as well as a somersault sent on to the outside before hitting his finisher, a springboard DDT, for the easy win for Liguero. Liguero dominated the match with his speed and his experience, uh, getting back to winning ways after his loss to Jordan Devlin a couple of weeks ago. Next up, we've got Kenny Williams uh, and Amir Jordan versus the grizzled young veterans, as you know, a combination of James Drake and Zach Gibson. Both of these teams will no doubt be, no doubt to be taking part in the tag title tournament uh, that will be taking place uh, on the future NXT UK TV tapings. Um, possibly uh, the tapings that took place this past weekend in Liverpool, actually, and I expect to see Gibson and Drake uh, to play a prominent role in that tournament. 
Uh, Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan are a fun high-flying team. However, the more experienced team of Drake and Gibson uh, disposed of their opponents following a very impressive assisted lung blower uh, called the Ticket to Ride double-team move on Williams for the win after about 10 minutes. Next up, we have Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley for the final of the NXT UK Women's Championship Tournament. Uh, we're greeted by an appearance from the NXT UK general manager Johnny Saint holding the NXT UK Women's Championship bout as he walks down to the ring. Rhea Ripley comes out first, looking imposing and full of attitude, followed by Tony Storm uh, before the formal introductions are made. So is it just me, or does Tony Storm appear to come out to different music every time we see her in the WWE? Uh, I'm a big fan of both of these two wrestlers, and both deserve to be in this spot. Uh, many hardcore wrestling fans may not be as high on Rhea Ripley as I am because she is a product of, a product of the WWE Performance Center instead of being a product of the Indies. But since we first saw her in 2017 um, at the first Mayan Classic, she has come on more than anyone, especially since her re-emergence this year and the 2018 Mayan Classic where she went on to the semi-finals only to lose to Io Shirai. Tony Storm uh, has also had a great 12 to 18 months uh, with a lengthy run as Progress Women's Champion. Uh, she won the Mayan Classic this year, as well as becoming WXW Women's Champion in Germany um, a few weeks ago. And is one of the hottest commodities in pro wrestling at the moment. Uh, Storm starts with some early offense, hitting Ripley with uh, a hip attack in one of the corners, as well as a dive onto Ripley on the outside of the ring. Storm misses another hip attack, landing heavily into the barricade on the outside. Uh, Ripley reverses an attempted Storm Zero uh, on the ring apron into a back body drop, sending Storm onto the very edge of the ring apron, and she looks to be in a lot of pain as the referee checks on her. Uh, Storm just makes it back into the ring before the 10 count, um, but she does look to be in trouble following that uh, back drop onto the ring apron. So Ripley lays in uh, a beating with punches and an Irish whip into the, into the corner, adding insult to injury. Ripley puts Storm into her modified uh, Texas Cloverleaf, uh, which we have seen in the last few weeks against Zaya Brookside and Dakota Kai. But with Storm's injured lower back, this could be devastating. Storm is able to escape um, to hit two snap German suplexes, followed by a headbutt and another bridging suplex for a two count. Storm is able to hit a Shining Wizard, followed by two hip accounts in the corner for another two counts. Storm lines Ripley up for her Storm Zero finisher, but Storm's back gives up on her, uh, allowing Ripley to hit her Riptide finisher for the 1-2-3, and she is the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. Uh, she is presented with a belt from Triple H and Johnny Saint, as the rest of the locker room empty out onto the, uh, onto the stage. Uh, to applaud the new champion, Rhea Ripley. Uh, the match looked great from the beginning to end, and all credit to both wrestlers in this match. Tony Storm sold the backdrop on the ring apron, probably because that move looked like it really hurt. Um, as mentioned before, I think Rhea Ripley is the real deal, as one of the, and is one of the most improved performers in WWE in the last 12 months, uh, and this is obviously why WWE, and in particular Triple H, are showing a lot of faith in her. Rear is obviously um, put in a lot of training and a lot of effort at the Performance Centre. 
and all of her hard work has paid off. Uh, her character, her mannerisms, her moves, her power in the ring uh, makes her very nearly the complete package in my opinion and um, with her being only 22 years of age uh, she should have a very bright future ahead of her uh, career with WWE. As for Tony Storm we know that she is excellent in just about every aspect of her game and she will no doubt have an even brighter future ahead of her um, with NXT UK and on the main roster in the not too uh, distant future. We know that the company sees a lot in Tony Storm especially with um, her recent win at the Mae Young Classic uh, we will no doubt see these two go at it again, and I, for one, will not be disappointed to see their matches. I'm going to give this one three and three quarter stars out of five, so nearly a four star match. I thought it was excellent. Um, a lot of psychology, a lot of really good moves, uh, a lot of really strong selling. Um, Love this match, really, really good. So this was an excellent match, and overall, uh, another couple of really great hours of NXT UK wrestling action with the matches between Pete Dunne and Jordan Devlin um, for the UK title and uh, this final that we've just witnessed the NXT UK Women's Championship tournament being the highlights for me um, a couple of really good matches there so we move on to uh, NXT uh, not from For Sale uh, this is the Wednesday the 28th of November edition, uh, shown directly after the NXT UK, uh, two hours. Um, so tonight's show starts with uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan versus The Mighty, uh, Shane Thorne and Miller. can't remember Miller's first name, I'm sure it'll come to me a bit later. Uh, so we haven't seen much from Burch and Lorcan since their match with the Undisputed Era um, at their, their five-star takeover match a few months ago for the NXT tag titles. The match picks up when Birch and Lorkin put submission holds on both Thorne and Miller in the centre of the ring, only for both members of the Mighty to grab hold of the ropes for the break. The Mighty have a more aggressive heel attitude about them nowadays with some crisp double-team moves on Lorkin um, until Danny Birch is tagged in with a blistering attack on both members of the Mighty. Shane Thorne hits uh, the move of the night so far, flooring Lorkin in the process with a mighty uh, dropkick. No pun intended there. Uh, that was until only Lorkin uh, got the fans on their feet with a superb cannonball sent on over the top rope onto both Thorne and Miller. Uh, for an NXT TV match, um, this is red hot. The end comes when the mighty set to uh, get look set to put Lorkin away with their double team finisher until Danny Birch tackles both members of the Mighty, allowing Lorkin to roll up Miller for the win. A really fun match, however, as Birch and Lorkin celebrate their win, the Mighty attack the victors from behind with kicks and punches, possibly setting up uh, a bit of a feud between those two teams and uh, some more matches to come, I'm sure. Uh, this feud between only Lorkin and Danny Birch versus the Mighty, I'm sure will be a lot more entertaining than the feud that the Mighty have just come off, um, which was against the Street Profits, who, uh, you know, to give them credit, are the new Evolve Tag Team Champions. Uh, in my opinion, the Mighty came out of the match looking much more legit as heels and a team that we can take more seriously with the, within the Tag Team division in the future. Next, we see uh, action from last month where all four members of the Undisputed Hero era put EC3 out of action. However, EC3 will be back in action tonight against Marcel Bartel. 
We then get a backstage interview with Kairi Sane, uh, with her uh, friends uh, Io Shirai and Dakota Kai to explain their frustration with Shayna Baszler and the other members of the Horsewomen following the women's title match at TakeOver a couple of weeks back. Then we get the return of EC3 after being out of action following that attack from the Undisputed Era. So EC3 versus Marcel Bartel. So Marcel Bartel, you may be familiar with. Um, he was a bit of a uh, mainstay with uh, WXW in Germany, formerly known as uh, Axel Dieter Jr., so uh, EC3 enters first, followed by Marcel Bartel, who enters to the same music as his former ring camp uh, stablemate, Walter, um, who, as uh, you may be aware, this week signed with the WWE, possibly joining NXT or NXT UK in the new year. Now... Uh, I saw Marcel Bartel wrestle at WrestleMania Access this past April in New Orleans when he went up against Austin Theory for the WWN Championship on the morning of WrestleMania. And, and he was trying to get uh, uh, his character over with some mic work before the match with Theory and gave us an entertaining match. Um, however, tonight Bartel is definitely the least known of the two wrestlers in the ring. Uh, Bartel did hit a sweet Seamus-like white noise slam for a near fall in the early going. The match ends when uh, EC3 hits Bartel with his 1% finisher for the 1-2-3, uh, getting EC3 back into winning ways. However, I was impressed with the former Axel Data Jr., formerly of the WXW brand in Germany. EC3 gets on the mic to address Undisputed Era, and in particular Bobby Fish, stating that he is coming for his head, his leg, and everything in between. We then get a vignette from uh, Dijakovic, formerly um, known as Donovan Dijak, uh, a former Ring of Honor champion, who we have seen previously on NXT TV in mostly losing efforts. However, it looks like they have plans ahead for this very tall, powerful, and talented athlete um, in the coming weeks on NXT. Then we see Mia Yim versus Vanessa Bourne. Uh, Mia Yim wins uh, the match uh, very easily after only five minutes. Then we get a backstage promo from Tommaso Ciampa as he explains that he, when he returns to NXT next week, he wants everyone in, N in the NXT locker room to follow his lead. Then we get the main event of this hour of NXT, um, pitting Lars Sullivan versus Keith Lee. So these two had a bit of an exchange on the pre-show at NXT a couple of weeks ago. NXT War Games, that is. Keith Lee makes his way to the ring to a good reception from the fans in attendance, chanting their support for the Limitless One. Lars Sullivan will soon be heading to the main roster, and this could be one of his last matches before heading to either Raw or SmackDown. Now this showed uh, should be a hard-hitting match between two big, powerful men, both close to or over 300 pounds. The match starts with a bit of a shoving match, but Sullivan is able to get um, get the better of Lee in the, the early stages. Um, he's also able to uh, catch Lee in mid-air when Lee was trying an attempt to leapfrog over Sullivan, and Sullivan caught him. Uh, Lee was able to hit a crossbody block, uh, which Sullivan was able to kick out of after just one account. Lee attempted a slingshot shoulder block on Sullivan, only for Sullivan to hit Lee with a huge boot to the to the chest, um, flooring Lee in the process. 
Sullivan hoists Lee into the air with a huge slam, followed by a sliding basement clothesline and an attempted diving headbutt for a second from the second turnbuckle, but only for a two count. Lee is able to connect with his second go at the slingshot crossbody for a two count of his own. Uh, Lee hits one of his patented double hand chops, followed by a pounce knocking Sullivan out of the ring, allowing Lee to hit the move of the night with an awesome slingshot spinning plancher, only resulting in a two count when he got Sullivan back in the ring. Lee attempts a top rope moonsault, only for Sullivan to avoid, um, allowing Lars to nail Keith Lee with his freak accident finisher for the three counts and the win between these two huge individuals in what was an excellent match. Lars Sullivan went over in this match and making him look strong ahead of his main roster debut. However, Keith Lee looked very impressive in this match and pulled out some great moves, including some high flying moves that you wouldn't expect to see from a man of his size. So a solid three stars I'm going to give to this match out of five between Keith Lee and Lars Sullivan. Uh, that should you should go out of your way to to watch it. Um, uh, and in case you are in any way uh, skeptical about the ability of these two big men, in particular the very talented uh, limitless Keith Lee, uh, catch it on the WWE Network. Um, definitely the match. Uh, definitely the match of the night in my opinion. So it's my understanding uh, that this week's NXT show was filmed prior to NXT TakeOver War Games a couple of Saturdays ago, hence not being in front of the usual full-sale crowd. However, the latest set of NXT takings took place this week, uh, pretty much setting up the matches as we head into NXT TakeOver Phoenix um, in Arizona one day before next year's Royal Rumble in Phoenix. Uh, we'll get the first week's episode from that round of tapings on Wednesday coming. So, um, a few bits of news, as many of you may be aware. Um, it was announced at the NXT UK tapings in Liverpool um, last Saturday night that um, in uh, January, January the, the 12th, as a matter of fact, at the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, um, NXT UK will have their very first takeover show so obviously familiar with the the, the quarterly shows uh, that the uh, american nxt brand have in america uh, they'll be doing um, a takeover special for the nxt uk brand from blackpool so i think the latest set of tapings are going to lead us towards that card um, i am aware of some of the matches uh, i'm not going to spoil it for you here otherwise you won't be listening to me every uh, every week to catch up with what the, the latest happenings on nxt tv needless to say it looks like a stacked card and should be fantastic uh coincidentally i did try to get tickets for this show um i'd kind of arranged everything from hotel to transport up there to see the nxt takeover uh, blackpool show on uh, saturday the 12th of january got online got my credit card ready at 10 o'clock on the dot um tried to buy a ticket one single ticket for um for, for, from you know the, the, the first tier price group the the second tier price group and third tier price group and every attempt uh the uh, it come up with tickets not available so within three minutes um the empress ballroom had sold out for nxt uk takeover blackpool so I just have to be satisfied with watching it on the WWE Network. Um, but that's that's kind of the big news coming out of the Liverpool taking, uh, tapings anyway. 
Um, I think that the, the biggest news regarding the NXT UK brand this week is that uh, there's been some development regarding a lot of the talent's contracts. Um, I know that earlier on in the summer, I think it was around about June time, Travis Banks got injured at an independent show um, about a week before the next set of uh, NXT UK tapings, which I think was the, the first set of tapings, which were taking place in, in Cambridge in July. And he wasn't able to compete, wasn't able to show up, had to have surgery. Um, I don't think he's uh, made a, a return yet. I know that he's scheduled to make a return for progress fairly soon. Uh, but we haven't seen him in action on NXT UK um, since June, um, certainly since the Royal Albert Hall shows. And uh, it was shortly after this that uh, WWE announced to, to its talent that they were unable to compete for any other group less than a week before an NXT UK show or tapings. So they, they were still you know, fairly flexible in terms of who the talent could wrestle for. I think uh, when a lot of the WWE or the NXT UK talent signed their contracts in either late 2016 or early 2017, just before the UK Championship Tournament in Blackpool, um, I think that they were given a fair bit of uh, flexibility on that they could wrestle for other organisations around the UK. They could still honour independent dates. Uh, they couldn't um, wrestle on any independent shows which were live stream and pay-per-views um, but they, they could if it was recorded is my understanding uh, but then since the injury from Travis Banks I know that there was uh, uh, a new edict that the edict that went out that uh, any of the UK uh, talents uh, couldn't wrestle on any uh, independent shows one week ahead of any NXT tapings to um, avoid any any talent being missing from the tapings due to injury. Anyway, since then, uh, there's been further changes uh, with um, a fair portion of the NXT UK talent having uh, amendments to their contracts where they will be uh, kind of more exclusive to WWE and the NXT UK brand. Um, they will no longer be able to work uh, as many independent dates as they were before. They will only be able to work with organisations outside of the WWE or NXT UK brand uh, where WWE have working agreements with uh, the organisations off the top of my head that um, talent will still be able to work with um, are uh, OTT in Ireland, Progress, uh, WXW in Germany, and um, ICW in Scotland. So those are the, the four brands that I'm certainly aware of where um, WWE have a working agreement with, or have a working relationship with, um, that the talent could still uh, perform with. I think there's still the rule that they can't perform with any of those, um, with any of those wrestling companies um, where they're live streaming. And uh, I believe if it's uh, recorded to be shown at a later date, that's fine. I think there's rest added restrictions on uh, uh, not being able to wrestle um, talents from uh, competing organisations such as Impact, uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, etc. So even if they were to um, attend or be uh, on the card for Progress or OTT, they wouldn't be able to wrestle any talent from um, a competing organisation um, 
within the you know, against the WWE. Uh, but I also believe, and this has come out over the last 24 hours, that WWE have the option to purchase, to completely buy out um, one of these uh, partner companies that they have a relationship with. As I said, WXW, OTT, ICW and Progress. But not only buy them out, but they could potentially, if they so wish, could close them down. So I'm, I'm assuming they could only close them down um, if and when they you know, if they decide to purchase um, these uh, the, the, these promotions that they have a working relationship with. I'm hoping that that never happens um, because there's a lot of criticism out there towards WWE, towards Vince McMahon, uh, Triple H that uh, what they're doing to the UK independent scene is kind of what they're doing to the um, the scene back in the 80s across America where they bought out and closed down a lot of the, the territory wrestling, a lot of the organisations, um, AWA uh, being one of them, uh, Stampede and, and many others. Um, I know Vince McMahon already sees um, the UK um, as one of his territories um, and now that he has working relationships or close working relationships with OTT, ICW, WXW and Progress um, I'm sure he's using them as a bit of a, uh, a feeder system bit of a, a, a performance centre outside of uh, America to um, not only train talents keep talent um, uh, busy but also to um, have that feeding ground for fresh young talent coming through um there are there there could potentially be some negatives to to this in terms of you know the worst case scenario um but i think this is the way the wwe has always operated this is the way that um you know wrestling has been certainly in north america for for a long long time where if you get into bed with wwe uh, you do pretty much have to answer to them and play by their rules. Um, on the flip side, you have to only look at uh, NXT UK and the brand and the amount of publicity and exposure that the talent and the brand are getting uh, around the world that they wouldn't have got otherwise necessarily. Um, it has given a lot of the NXT UK talent uh, that do work um, within uh, the NXT UK uh, contracts to have great exposure where they're potentially going to earn a lot more money not only working for WWE um, but when they do work independent dates for the four um, for the four uh, companies that I've already mentioned they're uh, I'm sure they're um, they will command a, a higher price and if and when they leave NXT UK or the WWE in the future they'll be able to command a higher price on the indie circuit but another good another way of looking at it is that potentially you know it, it does offer a lot more opportunity to younger talent coming through the ranks um, because if the NXT UK talent uh, cannot compete with other independent organisations outside of the four that I've mentioned it does give the opportunity to younger talent to come through and to make a name for themselves in them organisations and possibly um, get noticed by Progress, ICW, OTT, um, where they might be able to appear on them sh shows and then get noticed even more by WWE. Um, so there are, I, I think, although it tightens the net a little bit, on those companies and the talent i have to say that's the way the wwe have always operated so i'm not surprised that that's happened the way it's happened uh, but at the same time i think with the added exposure on um, uk wrestling and uk talent it does um, give 
uh, a bigger platform for any youngsters looking to uh, make their name or to you know start their path on the professional wrestling ladder. So uh, the final bit of news is uh, um, that Walter, the OTT and Progress and WXW champion um, will be joining the WWE in the new year. Um, by all accounts, he has signed a contract with the WWE. Uh, my gut instinct tells me that he will be signing uh, to, to wrestle with the NXT UK brand. And I think he will be showing up in the crowd or maybe something to do with the main event at the NXT UK TakeOver show in Blackpool in January. Uh, Walter, he's probably um, the uh, hottest commodity on the independent scene in the world at the moment. Um, I did listen to a podcast where he was on the Steve Austin show a few weeks ago where he said that um, he wants to continue working in Europe. He doesn't really have uh, uh, much of a desire to work in the States, uh, which kind of you know made us think, well, maybe he's not interested in signing with the WWE or uh, working for uh, NXT in America. But now that the NXT UK brand seems to be catching some, uh, some fire, um, maybe Walter would be a, a really good name to add to that roster. However, I think that Walter could be a good addition to uh, any of the, uh, the the brands underneath the WWE umbrella. Um, and if you don't know too much about Walter, um, you know, look him up. Um, I've, I've recommended before signing up to uh, Demand Progress through the uh, Progress website. He is the current Progress World Champion and his matches uh, uh, against uh, Tyler Bate at Wembley, um, recent matches against Mark Haskins or Zack Sabre Jr. are just off the charts. Um, he's a very realistic, very hard-hitting wrestler. Um, and yeah, do a bit of research before you see him pop up on the WWE Network and go out and, and, and catch some Walter matches. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, in WXW, he was stablemates with... Uh, Axel Dieter Jr. Uh, we now know him as Marcel Bartel on the NXT brand um, and uh, Tim Thatcher all part of ring camp um, and uh, I think he's going to be a, a big star in more ways than one. So that's all from this week's episode of Wrestling with Jonas. Uh, later this week I will be doing a full review of Progress Wrestling's latest chapter, chapter 78 uh, entitled 24 Hour Progress People. I was meaning to get it out last week, but work commitments meant that I've not had a chance to uh, record that episode yet. Um, this particular show, Chapter 78, does include a Progress World Championship match between Walter, who I've just uh, spoke about, versus Mark Haskins, which should be another hard-hitting bouter. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show, and if you have any questions or want to uh, send anything to our uh, mailbag, you can simply send an email to wrestlingwithjohners at gmail.com. Give us your feedback about the show. Please get in touch. Uh, you can also uh, visit uh, my Twitter page at withjohnners underscore wwj or visit my YouTube page. Uh, just search Johnners Wrestling to see all of my videos from uh, my five days out in New Orleans at WrestleMania 34 um, and also previous episodes of this podcast. I'll be back next week for another episode of Wrestling with Johnners, uh, talking about everything uh, NXT UK, NXT, and everything else in between. So take care um, and see you all soon.